0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another show of Fuel Passion Podcast, a really exciting one as we get a chance to go into the next series, part three of Bienvenido a Israel. We have a special guest for you guys, and I actually want you guys to hear him uh, kind of geek out in one of our moments in Israel. So I want you guys to uh, check this out, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview, the show here on Fuel Passion Podcast. Check it out.
1: So this is the last, the last geek out in the old city of Jerusalem. So I want to make the argument that every stroke of a pen in scripture is there intentionally. It might not all make sense, it might not all add up, but I want to give you confidence that everything that you read in scripture, even the things that don't make sense, and even the things that might make sense that don't mean anything are there intentionally, right? All scriptures, God breathed. Now, you're probably thinking, the thing I've come to show you is this wall built by Hezekiah 800 BC, which is pretty, or 8th century BC, which is pretty impressive, right? Straight up, Hezekiah in the 8th century BC, almost 3,000 years ago, built this wall. So, think about that. That's the amount of time between Jesus and this wall, is the amount of time between us and the Crusades. How old this wall is. But that's not what I've come to show you. So you've probably read this verse because it's in Isaiah, you've read it a thousand times, and honestly even to this day it doesn't really seem to like matter. Just a throwaway verse. But maybe, and I'm not not saying this theologically, but maybe God kept in there for us. I'm gonna read it. I have the King James Version here. And ye have numbered the houses of Jerusalem, and the houses have ye broken down to fortify the wall. What? And ye have numbered the houses of Jerusalem and the houses have been broken down to fortify the wall? What? If you look right there, you'll see houses that have been broken down to fortify the wall that Isaiah was talking about. (laughs) So when Isaiah was pending that, he might've been looking at this exact same thing.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, what a moment to be able to be in Israel and to have them man. shout out to Raj and I'm so excited to be able to present this to you guys today. So once again, man, I am your host, Noan El Boricua, and welcome to your dose of cultura, faith and conexiones that fuel the passion or passions in all that you do. Every single day, I'm very excited to be able to bring this And this is part of our faith pillar of what we want to present today So I hope you guys get the opportunity to be able to really listen And for those those uh, theologians of mine and uh, faith-based people, man, enjoy this And for those that maybe don't follow God or don't believe in Christianity I hope you guys enjoy just the historical and just this biblical context of what's presented So once again, uh, I'm really excited and uh, why don't we uh, go ahead and uh, get to started in three 2 and vamos ladies and gentlemen I'm just super excited uh, to really give you guys part 3 of Bienvenido a Israel and none other than my man, my brother, uh, Raj, who's joining us for this uh, via phone call and just really excited to have you So, first of all, thank you, Raj, for joining Fuel Passion Podcast.
2: Oh, man, I couldn't be more excited. I miss, I miss your voice. I want to see you. But this whole this whole 2020 is not uh, not allowing us to hang out as much. But, man, I miss you. And it's so good to talk to you.
0: Now, likewise, man. I miss you, too, brother. How's the family?
2: you know, we're doing good. We have an 18th month old. So everyone's been like, you know, I'm so bored. I'm like, Hey, (laughs) you can come over and and play with our 18th month old for like 10 seconds and you won't be bored anymore. But, uh, we're doing good, man. I think, you know, I was was telling you offline. I, I, I think my, my natural persuasion is to be an encourager and, and be Mr. Optimistic, but you know, 2020 it's, it's hitting people in different ways. And so just learning to realize that this is, this is unprecedented, uncharted and Sometimes it just it's just not fun and, and learning to to just be with people and, and help them through it.
0: You know, I totally agree. Actually, you don't even know this. So I've actually just finished uh, going through this whole COVID. I actually ended up getting pneumonia. What? And yeah, so what started as a sinus infection, I didn't know that I had a couple, you know, a few times that I actually had some crazy 103 fever. And fast forward, there was a day that I woke up, uh, super major pain, you know, in my lung. I go to urgent care. The doctor's like, you don't smoke, you don't do this. So clearly there's something more. And I'm like, well, what could it be? And he goes, it has to be COVID. So sends me out to go and get tested right away. And sure enough, I do that and it comes back positive. So then it was just wear the mask in the house, quarantine. But I think, you know, more than anything, I just count my blessings that I'm alive and well. It is a real thing. So, for those that are listening, please wear your mask, wash your hands, and maintain six feet distance when you're in public. But yeah, I man, that was a real thing, brother. I went through it.
2: Wow. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad you're okay now, man. That's scary. No,
0: no, 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 100%. So, with that being said, for those that don't know you, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, who you are, where you're from, and kind of what you do.
2: Sure, sure. So, uh, my name is Raj. Um, I kind of co-lead an, uh, an initiative called Israel Collective. It's an initiative of Kufi. It's, it's one of those organizations that kind of take a long time to impact everything that it's all about. Um, you know, when we, when we first started the initiative, we had maybe one goal, maybe, maybe two big goals. And now we can just see that God's doing like 37 big goals that we could nice. never have, uh, have imagined. Uh, um, so I will, I'm sure we'll get into it more, uh, what exactly Israel Collective is. But you know I live in San Diego, spent the past seven years with my wife in Brooklyn. Uh, I've been a TV host and producer uh, and editor basically my whole life up until this Israel Collective thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't go looking for this initiative that I've been a part of for six years, basically since it started. I, I think the Ephesians 3.20, you know, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. We all know that verse. Uh, but, man, whatever he's doing in Israel, through Israel Collective, you know, not with Israel Collective, just about the return of the Jewish people and bringing, you know, Christians to Israel. I mean, it's there's so many things that God is doing right now that if we if we don't look at it and just marvel at what's happening, we're going to totally miss this. I mean, super, early, super, early, super blatant move of god that is happening right now um and to me you know i I don't want to give too much away but one of the things one of my one of the speakers has on our trip something much more well you know more eloquent than this but at the end of the day he's like you know what would it have done to your faith to see you know the 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 red sea part or to see the israelites come back from egypt and and the exodus well what's happening right now if you look at you know quotes in jeremiah and, and so on and so forth is an even bigger miracle, right? God will identify as the guy the God that's doing this. Uh and so I, I, I don't think it's just another, you know, piece piece of real estate. I don't think that Christians coming back to that piece of real estate is just, you know, a bunch of people going to Ohio or whatever. There's something special happening and we need to be keep our eyes up because God's moving.
0: Nah, one hundred percent. I really appreciate that. I think a lot of people and, and really that was one of the big things of like going to Israel for me was really to get my eyes open and you know it was interesting we had Greg on on the show and one of the things that even Greg was saying like you know I expected something totally different when I came but yet I walked away with so much more and really thanks uh to your team Israel Collective and really you know we'll, we'll get to like those moments that you were just dropping some amazing mic drop moments but you know, for me, I think about this trip of Israel, never in a million years that I think I would have the opportunity to be able to see the Bible in 3D, as it was said, you know, by uh, the tour guide at Yoav. And for me, it was it was a moment that one, it really humbled me uh, Two, it really opened me up to something just beyond. You know, the, the Old Testament stories and New Testament, even though those hold some key factors of really solidifying, you know, our faith in God. But I thought for me, it was really understanding the political side of it. It was understanding Israel as a nation um, behind technology and innovation. And I think for me, it was just something like, yo, man, there's so much more that, you know, God speaks through his word that is still present today, like you said. And I think for me, you know, walking away from that, I was just like, yo, this is crazy.
2: (laughs) I, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, when I first got into this space, I was almost primarily focused on the geopolitical side of things like. Hey, this is the one true democracy in the Middle East. Hey, it's the one place in the Middle East that women have complete equal rights. Hey, it's the one place in the Middle East where, you know, you're not going to be in, in danger of being physically harmed for, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, there's, there's, you know, freedom of religion. Uh, you know, it's the one place in the Middle East that the Christian population is growing and, and, and so on and so forth. You know, while across the border, you know, Christians in Syria and Iraq are genocide happening, really. And so that was my initial entryway into what what's whatever it is that God's doing in Israel, but then I started to really open up Scripture, and I I don't know I, I guess before I ever went it, the Bible just kind of seemed a little distant or not really tangible in some in some ways like yeah. the Gospels did and the Epistles did but some of the Old Testament stuff I was like you know what's happening here
0: No I totally agree but, with that
2: But what's been amazing is that man, you start to see that the God's tapestry that he's weaving through this whole thing. Come on and man, my my joy for scripture is just like I mean I you can you can go on cN.com New York Times. I'll tell you what my my book of Ezekiel, my book of Daniel, my book of Isaiah is more up to date with the headlines than than you know bloomberg.com uh, <laughs> facts I, it, it It is just one of those things where, understanding all sixty-six books of the Bible, understanding that all of the books, besides the exception of maybe Luke and Acts, were written by Jewish people. Yeshua, Jesus, is the Greek way of saying Yeshua. He's Jewish. He's the Jewish Messiah. And understanding the Jewish context of scripture, it just totally enlightens all of it. And and, and you can't you can't understand Matthew and Hebrews and Revelation without understanding you know deuteronomy and exodus and ruth and so to me it's just one beautiful tapestry that now is a joy to start to unravel and and see from its from from a from the perspective of you know i don't fully understand what what was happening here or what was happening here but you start taking a couple steps back and you start saying wow this tapestry god this is this is this is just brilliant and uh that's what i get to do on a daily basis is just kind of tip my hat to
0: god and be like wow this is love that insane no i love that i love the tip of the hat 100 i think it's interesting you know when we had the opportunity it was so cool because it was you know we had like the the trifecta the triangle offense from phil knight going to israel that's a, kind of how i looked at it you had you know pastor sammy you had josh and then we had uh you know my guest here today raj and i thought what was really unique that you guys did was, you know, during the different points in visiting, you know, throughout Israel and interacting with the people, interacting with rabbis and, and really pastors, you know, I, I think of so many different moments that really got me kind of taken aback. For me, my question to you would be, what what's like one key thing that you can share, kind of like a takeaway when you really think about like, why, why is it important that people should? Now, you know, I know that this segment, you know, because, again, our, our show, we always talk about cultura, the culture, you know, that we're looking at Israel. But now we're actually looking at the faith, right, of Israel. What's something of, of a reason of why people should understand the importance of, A, visiting Israel or even just thinking about going to Israel?
2: Oof, man, there's uh, there's 27,000 answers to that question. <laughs> Loaded
0: question, I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but... I, I, I'd go back to actually what I started saying a little bit earlier today. Okay. Um, there's a verse in Jeremiah, I want to say is Jeremiah 14. I can actually look it up real fast while we're talking, but I'd have to go down the whole uh, the whole explanation of why this verse is important. Um, mm-hmm. well, here we go, Jeremiah 14. You know what? I'll I'll find it and yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: get back to you. But um, what the verse says, in essence, is, you know, I used to be known as the God that that did this, right? And, and one day, I will basically choose, I, you know, throughout history, I was known as the God that brought the Israelites out of Egypt. But then the scripture says, a day is coming when I will no longer be called the God that brought the Israelites out of Egypt. In other words, what I did in Egypt and bringing Israelites out was such a a momentous thing that I, God, identified as the God that did that. Mm -hmm. However, it says a day is coming when I will no longer be known as the God that did that, but I will be known as the God who brought the Israelites out of the north, south, you know, and all the countries where I banished them, and I will bring them back into their land. Meaning what I'm about to do next is so much more significant that I'll be identified as the guy that did that. And what's absolutely stunning, and I, this is a whole dissertation on things that we can talk about, but a hundred years ago, yeah. there was not a single person on planet Earth who spoke Hebrew as their first language. Today, <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't even like know what tangent to go off on. I mean, today <laughs> you're talking about this little country of Israel the size of New Jersey, you know, that has the third most companies traded on NASDAQ after the United States and China. It just, it doesn't make sense what God's doing, bringing back people that have been dispersed for hundreds, if not thousands of years, bringing them back to the land where where God promised them that they would have this land, Uh, speaking the same language, using the same currency, worshiping the same God on the same hill with the same book. It doesn't make sense. And to me, here's the thing. Are there issues with Israel? Absolutely. Has Israel messed up a whole bunch of times? Of course. It's a country full of people, and people are inherently messed up. That's why we need a Savior, right? But but I I will say this. Elsewhere in Scripture, I think in Ezekiel 37, it says, Israel, don't get it twisted. I'm not doing this for your namesake. I'm doing this to redeem my namesake. Because in Ezekiel 37, it says, wherever the Israelites went throughout the world, They defiled God's name, which is kind of like what's happening here. Basically, wherever the Israelites went after they were kicked out of the land, it it was said of these people, hey, look, this is God's people, yet they had to leave. So wherever they went, they defiled his name. So God says, not for your namesake, O Israel, but for my namesake, I'm going to bring you back into this land, and then they will know that I'm God, meaning for some weird reason, The people of Israel being in the land of Israel, the the promised land, redeems the name of God. And there's like a whole bunch of reasons I could go down theologically why this is important. I think all that to be said, I think the reason that the whole world politically, geopolitically, religiously, uh, culturally has had an issue with Israel, aside from a lot of other things, is that Israel, in my estimation, is a trophy. Of God's grace, right?
0: Ooh, Israel didn't earn say it. that again. Say that again. Israel
2: didn't, I, I will. Israel didn't earn it. Israel didn't deserve it. Right. I, I didn't earn my salvation. I don't deserve my salvation. But because God said, I will do this for my name's sake, I, I am I am doing this because I love you and I have chosen you. God is not just redeeming his name, but he's displaying to the whole world, this is my grace. It is undeniable, regardless of what culture, what religion you – this doesn't make sense. But I'll say it again. Israel is a trophy of God's grace, and so all hell would naturally come against it. Wow.
0: I mean, think about it. Yeah. Name
2: a, a, an empire or a civilization that has not tried to destroy the Jewish people.
0: No, 100%. The, Even the today. The Egyptians, the Babylonians,
2: yeah. the Persians, exactly. The Nazis, the Iranian I told us to this day. And yet here we are some 4,000 years later after God called Abraham and and they're back, speaking the same language, worshiping the same God on the same hill. It doesn't make sense unless there is a God who keeps his promises.
0: Mm, mm, my God, I'm going to let that simmer for my listeners right now. I think, you know, again, I think when you think about it, right, you know, theologically and just going down all that, there's so much richness in understanding why Israel is so key and all this and, and I think, you know, for me, uh, you know, I, I and, and for clearly you guys can hear it in his voice and really just the and really is just reading scripture and understanding the richness and the beauty of how it comes to life till today, this actual moment and You know, I go back to Israel, and I think one of the fun moments that I really loved, let it be when we were in Campernaum, or we were in Galilea, or we were, you know, different areas. I loved how there was always these moments that we were on the bus. I don't know if you remember this. and And we were in the back of the bus, and it was just like we like i don't think people understand like as a person who believes right in the faith of christianity and in jesus and when you're in israel and you're trying to soak in so much in and you know the tour guide is telling you like look you got to take it for what it is and you know which we understand right we get it right like over time things you know we just don't know exactly if that's our point but when you look at all the pieces I remember sean and alexander larry like we're in the back with you and Cart- you know it's just all of us are there and i'm just kind of like we're asking you and i loved how you always kind of geeked out on some key moments and we would be in the back and we were like and i don't know if you remember sean was like yo, we need to start a podcast with raj like this is too good <laughs> and, and i remember us recording certain moments but looking at this whole trip for me i think about like these geek outs right and i remember uh, the old city of Jerusalem when we saw the ruins and how it was almost a full circle and when you spoke to that so it that, for me that was one that I really loved but I wonder like in the trip you know because I know you've done so many but when we think about the trip that it was us because supposedly we're the best crew ever so I, I'm a whole t- whole people to that and <laughs> I, I want to know like when you look back at that trip for us, when we had the opportunity to to go out there and really uh, partake of this beauty and this moment that we had with Israel Collective, when you think about your geek outs, what was one that kind of stood out to you that you felt like yo, I think they really resonated with this?
2: Man, there's so many, but uh, I'll just say that one of my favorite is in the city of Magdala. So, for those who don't know, Magdala, as as it sounds, is the city of Mary Magdalene. It wasn't named after her, but that's how she got the name. It was basically, long story short, it was discovered archaeologically accidentally uh, about a decade ago. So, what's amazing is, uh, as we know from his history, uh, Rome destroyed basically Judea uh, in the year 70 AD. But it was a couple of years before then, and they were destroying everything that was Judea from, you know, in the Galilee or whatever. Long story short, the city of, of Magdala was destroyed around 67, 68, 80, Ni- not 1967, like 67, yeah. uh, de- decades after Jesus. Okay. And what's amazing is that town ceased to exist at that exact moment, and it wasn't uncovered until 10 years ago, meaning for 2,000 years, the ruins of this city lay dormant, untouched by humankind. Now, what's amazing is when you go to the synagogue of Capernaum, they found it, You can say with almost, almost 100% certainty, right? Because in scripture it says Jesus went around the Galilee teaching in the synagogues. And this would have been a huge synagogue, very close to Capernaum where he would have had his base. So it's almost, it doesn't say explicitly Jesus taught in the synagogue of Magdala, but it's almost guaranteed. And what's amazing is since it's basically untouched, you can basically say, you know, you can't necessarily walk in it because it's, it's, very historic ruins but you can you know be right up next to it and say jesus was here not around here not 20 feet underground archaeologically but but here and to me I, i don't know why it's such a geek out moment but i think for especially young pastors to realize hey in his brilliance in his majesty in his in his uh you know full full godness full full amazingness He also was human, right? And this whole story involves human beings in very, very real places and very tangible places and very, um, for lack of better words, normal circumstances. And to understand the humanity of Jesus, I think, to me, is a game changer in understanding your faith, because you kind of take it from this weird ethos, spiritual cloud thing and be like, listen, Yeshua, the rabbi one that, that that saved your very soul was right here and uh not to mic drop on that moment but if you hear my 18th month old son <laughs> crying i apologize no you get good uh, but uh yeah, hey, he's just affirming life. he's affirming what Dude, you're he's, saying he he's, he's, he's shot me down but um <laughs> i i really think it's hard right because you know this is the analogy i make on a lot of Israel collective trips it's like before I went to Israel, I've been there twenty six times now. But before no I went there, no way,
0: twenty six times.
2: Yeah, dude. It's oh wild, wow, bro.
0: wow. Okay. Wild,
2: wild. Sorry. But before <laughs> I ever went there, Israel was kind of like Narnia or you know Hogwarts. It was just this place that didn't even seem real. But once you go and you touch the stones and you smell the air and you feel the heat and you realize, while yes, this is completely theologically the basis of our of our everything. It's also just simple, like journaling, like history. Like this, this happened to real people, and I think having that humanity perspective of scripture helps young pastors break through the detachment that can happen when it's just purely this the theological teaching, and not realizing that yeah, this is this is this is the basis for your teaching, but the basis for your teaching is rooted in truth in reality and in humanity and God interacting with humanity. And last thing I'll say is I love that quote from Ravi Zacharias who says, you know, many Kings and many Pharaohs throughout time tried to become God, but only the one true God humbled himself and became man. Mm. Right. My, my, my family is Hindu. My, you know, I have lots of friends from different faiths and all these other faiths are just kind of like, believe this thing out there, this, this, this untouchable God thing and whatever it looks like in Buddha or Siddhartha Garma or Krishna or all that's just belief. but, but, but Jesus, the God of the Bible came onto earth, interacted with human beings and, and felt what we feel and dealt with what we deal with and experience. If you felt loneliness or isolation or lack of identity or lack of purpose or betrayal, it's like, Hey, the God that we serve felt that in a very, very, extremely human way and and to me that's that's the geek out moment where you start to it's it's not it's not deconstruction quite the opposite it's like it's like elevating god to what the story actually is
0: boom yo oh my (laughs) don't you have me smiling over here we probably should have done a zoom call because (laughs) because uh everything that you said is I think it's so spot on, and I think it's something true, and I, and I love what you said that for young pastors, right? Like young leaders that are leading a nation here in America and really around the world, the importance of understanding the 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 importance of Israel being the key, and understanding how do we really you know, dig in and really bring the richness and, and, you know, everything that comes to be. And it's funny, McDonald, when you think about that, because I remember one of your geek out moments, you know, in it was how when we saw how the rabbi would teach their students, it wasn't even kind of like an altar. It was actually like a a square bench where the rabbi would actually sit Mm -hmm. among them. And I remember you saying it was about the community. It was about being amongst your students, and I think a lot of times, as as young leaders that lead, you know, churches in America and around the world, we forget those. We forget that Jesus, who became a man and was among the people and amongst students that were willing to learn from, you know, our Savior, the the Rabbi, the Master, the Teacher, that he was simple he, his approach was so simplistic but it was like it, it, but yet it was so profound it was one of those like you know you always have that one dude in the hood that he's like the most wisest person but he keeps it so real but yet he's so humble and i and i imagined that moment and it was interesting because you kind of walked away and you're like think about that and we go to see like the pools and all that and i'm just like wait what he just walked away like how does he even do that <laughs> but i thought that was really interesting and i and i love how you bring that point up about the I think. And I think about Israel Collective and I and I think the work that you guys have done is unreal and I would love for you to kind of share the importance of what the job has been like what it what really you guys have done and the people that you've invited to really be able to understand the importance of bringing young leaders and not just young leaders but if I'm correct even athletes and artists like how has that journey and that project looked for you personally as well as um, you know for everyone involved.
2: That's a really amazing question, um, and and earlier I kind of alluded to the fact that we have when we started we had like one maybe two goals, and now we just see that there's just so many things um, that that God has woven into uh, into the into the mission. You know, when we when we first started this, um, we had uh, you know the, the the biblical side of things that the the understanding what what God's up to, but then, you know, I'll I'll give you a quick example. There's there's been these um not not to take you down, but there's been a, just this rise in anti-Semitism, um happening around the world. You know, very famous people like Nick Cannon, Deshaun Watson have have had said some pretty uh, knowingly or not said some stuff on on social media that's just blatantly not true. Um, and I I think it's important to just have people educated to the idea of, hey, there is this attack on the Jewish people that's 4,000 years old, right? Anti-Semitism is one of the older um, evils, the older sins of the world, and that it always mutates, right? It doesn't always look like the same thing, yep. uh, the anti-Semitism— of uh, ancient Babylon looks different than the anti-Semitism of the Spanish Inquisition, which mm-hmm. looks different than the anti-Semitism of the Nazis, yeah. which looks different than the anti-Semitism of the Ayatollahs of Iran today. Come on, and 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 being able to 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 help people walk through the ideas of hey, this isn't necessarily a, a, a an obnoxiously political thing, but if we can just give people context. Because so much of what the news is is just headlines, right? But being able to give people context, even people who have a disposition to just not like Israel for whatever reason, at least give people an antidote, an inoculation, a vaccine to some of the garbage that's being spread around the world today. Because I don't – man, sometimes it's a heavy burden because there's just so much untruth spoken about that place. And spoken about that people group, it 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 blows my mind. It's it's sad. Sometimes I can hardly believe it. And just giving people, just equipping people with context, with history, with having heard voices that 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 challenge what they might have heard, both ways, either way. Um, I think a lot of what we're doing is just trying to take young. Because here's the thing: when when uh, the Holocaust happened. That happened in Germany. That's a Christian country, yep. quote unquote. Yeah. The Spanish Inquisition that happened in a quote unquote Christian country. Yeah. Russian pogroms that happened in quote unquote a Christian country. So to think that these things can't happen again to the Jewish people is just not is just not true. And understanding and and I think there was a disservice happened that happened you know hundreds of years ago where we try to de-Judaize the faith. And I think for athletes, for musicians, for Anyone of faith that that, that believes in, in in scripture is to understand the Jewishness of their faith. If you don't understand that Yeshua the Rabbi is Jewish, if you don't understand why he why scripture says he's the Passover Lamb, he's not the Easter he's not the Easter Lamb, right? He's the Passover Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. If you don't understand um, Isaiah and Deuteronomy and, and how Ruth or how Boaz is Ruth's kinsman redeemer and what that looks like for, for Jesus. I, I, I think across the board, whether they're athletes or musicians or whoever it might be anyone of influence that, 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 it, that proudly wears their faith on their sleeve to have a, a not an, uh, an objective or a subjective view of their faith, but just a real understanding of who wrote this book, where did they write this book? Why did they write this book, these 66 books? Who were these people? And to to reintegrate all of the stories into their natural context, both biblically and historically, to understand that for the past 3,000 years, yes, the Jewish people as a nation were kicked out 2,000 years ago, but here's a fact. For the past 2,000 years, there has been at least some Jewish presence in the land that we call Israel, for the past 2,000 years, unbroken, whether they lived in Tiberias or you know in other places there, there's always been this desire to to come back and it's you know people will say you know like wonder where the name jew comes from it comes from the land of judea which is what the land was called 2000 years ago um and so understanding the, the that that the israeli people they're they're indigenous to judea and and just being able to give some context historically politically spiritually Mm. You know you can you can you can soak it all in, or you can soak in twenty percent. That's up. That's between you and God. But just making sure that people understand the context, the history, and have a wide range of views when they when they when they talk about it in modern times. Because unfortunately, if I give you an article that's just absolutely bogus about that place, and then the next day someone comes along with an even more bogus, contradictory article, you're going to believe it because you read it. But if I give you an experience, then you can say, actually, that's not how it is. I've I've been there. I've met the people. I had free time to talk to, you know, Israeli Arabs and Palestinians and Israelis and the whole gamut. And when I read this article by a person who's maybe never even been there, I can be a voice for truth. I can. And when I, I hear anti-Semitism, whether it's in a classroom or unfortunately in a church, I can be like, you know, time out. I. Um, <laughs> I hate to bring it up but jesus is jewish you know there's this famous story i think that's hilarious i'm gonna butcher it, but basically it goes along the lines of during the 1930s there was this church in germany and uh an old um uh, ultra orthodox looking jewish person walks into a church and it's super awkward right because it's the rise of nazism in germany and the pastor stops the the uh the um sermon and it gets kind of quiet and and the pastor goes oh uh sorry, sir, um, there's there's no Jews allowed uh, in church. And the, the old rabbi stands up and he goes, okay, okay, Jesus, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that story because it's so true. And that's yeah. how we just kind of, um, again, there's so many objectives and goals that God's doing through this. Um, to list them all would be too many, but that's kind of a 30,000-foot view of, of some of the things that, that I can... I can list
0: off. And I, and I think what I love about that, Raj, is that the, the beauty of and, and I think it's the key thing that you say. I think it's, it's interesting that throughout life as people, we always talk about, oh, I want an experience in the Caribbeans. Or, I want an experience, you know, I want an experience of what it is to become a professional, whatever it looks like, or, or even a vlogger or whatever. I think it's interesting that I love how you gave that overview of understanding that you can either believe a headline. Or you can experience the true essence of visiting Israel and doing your own research. And more importantly, being surprised that the Bible is alive and well. And I think that's something that for us and specifically for me, it was something that I I did have a lot of questions and I still do, which is normal. That's, That's part of the journey, like you said, because... Israel has broken people. No one's perfect, right? And but the beauty is that God is still orchestrating something so marvelous. And I think it's something very interesting that I would hope, not just young pastors and leaders, but even those seasoned uh, leaders that lead faith-based communities, or you know, different uh, even in in the school place, right? Even at seminary school, it's interesting that you bring that up because I remember you know attending seminary years ago and just hearing certain pastors. Kind of speak a certain way of the Jewish people and I'm like wait a minute and I didn't even visit Israel yet But I think to your point is not just believing everything that you hear or you read Nowadays what you watch on YouTube, or you know, whatever, you know, video content you, you watch certain headlines I think for me has always been able to one go to the scripture because that's the source but in the interesting way for me was two, having the opportunity to go to israel because of israel collective and you know just really grateful for all that you guys do and and it's interesting because i know that you guys have even expanded beyond that you guys have done documentaries correct and even like a youtube channel you know how has that vision kind of come to life because that's something like a different lens right i mean if you can't go there you can always watch it right
2: yeah that's actually kind of been our outreach is uh we make videos, short docs. Um, that is, uh, I would say the second wing of what we're doing, right? Because we can't bring everyone there. Uh, but what we can do is we can go over there because we're there all the time, and well, not <laughs> not not during coronavirus, but uh, normally we're there all the time. And we can create these, you know, two to six minute videos that basically tell the story, so that and, and, and tell the story from an from a from an experiential heart way and not just like news, 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 news,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, but feeling what it is to be over there, feeling the story. Um, and so if you search Israel Collective on YouTube, we have our own channel. It's very easy, Israel Collective on YouTube. Um, you can go to our website, israelcollective.org, but specifically on Israel Collective's YouTube page. By the way, subscribe, thumbs up. <laughs> I hate doing
0: <laughs> Facts. That, no, you that got to. help. That
2: help. <laughs> yeah, uh, you got to plug but, it. But for, but for real, um, just, uh, yeah, we, we, we want to give people that, a have come with us and I want to, I want to share the story with people that haven't. And then B, people that haven't, we want to we wanna make content that'll resonate. That again isn't just arguing, isn't just um, well, here's a political faction, here's a political faction, here's a political fact, and then well then let me debate. You know, I got in a Facebook debate over over college football being canceled. Last uh, couple of days ago, and I don't, I don't do Facebook debates because I'm like, and not no one's, no one's being convinced. People, it, nothing, nothing good happens. So I, I pretty much avoid social media debates. But that's not the point of these videos. It's not to debate. It's to feel. It's to experience, and then to make up your own mind. To have a have have this person's perspective, have this person's perspective. Let them tell you their story, and then add that to your bank of knowledge when speaking or when coming to a conclusion. Because, um, you know, I've, as I said earlier, I've worked in media my whole life and we have created echo chambers and it is the worst thing that could have ever happened. I intentionally don't. I intentionally hear some of the cuckoo for Cocoa Puff stuff on the left and the cuckoo for Cocoa Puff stuff on the right and make up my own mind. I, I, I don't defriend anyone. I want to know what everyone's saying. But we've created a culture where all people on the left are hearing are left news anchors, left outlets left this on the same thing on the right right news anchors right vlogs, right blog posts right youtube channels and no one's actually hearing anything they just want their biases to be confirmed and really what i see is is all about it's like you can come from the left you can come from the right but here's the stories here are the people here's the complexity here's the nuance here's the gray here's god's heart here's here's scripture in its original context here's archaeology and, and, and here's what God's presenting in all of it uh, I guess complexity is the word, but just giving people that opportunity to to see it, I, I think that's that's the goal. But when it comes to our YouTube channel, please please do go on Israel collective's YouTube YouTube, YouTube page uh, and just go through them. Give, your, give yourself some time to just kind of experience it to kind of feel these stories because we've we've actually had to blur out a bunch of faces that we've interviewed because people legitimately, which is weird because, you know, I have a background in, like, entertainment and sports reporting. But legitimately, when we've interviewed them, they're legitimately risking their lives to wow. tell us their story. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because it's funny because I've seen
0: some of the videos and I've noticed that, but I just thought...
2: we well, you actually met a couple of them. Wow. If you don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when we were in that little... Um, oh, yeah, that's that, right. That, that, that's... That, yo,
0: from... Uh, yeah, yeah. When we were yeah, in Bethlehem. So actually, yeah, yep, that yep, was exactly. crazy.
2: Yeah. Yep, so you've met some of them. So, um, we definitely... Don't shy away from from, uh, sharing all points of view. But again, just just adding it to, let let, let the videos on the YouTube channel just kind of resonate. And so it isn't necessarily one, two, three, four facts that you're grabbing from it. You're grabbing someone's story, which will help you build a much more balanced context for how you approach the subject going forward.
0: I think that is 100% well said is understanding the importance of storytelling and the journey and the experience that we have the opportunity today to be able to do through video and even podcasting and all these different moments. And I just want to say thank you. And I really appreciate your time. I know that you guys got a lot of things going on and you're excited to go back home uh, to Ohio. So uh, I'm a little jealous because of that but you know because I, I you know a lot of my good friends are from Ohio so uh, big ups and respect and I was uh, agreeing with you on your Facebook post by the way so I love that yeah, <laughs> I had to give you some love there because I totally agree Bro, and uh, I
2: appreciate it man what's what's Columbus Ohio without Ohio State football man it's
0: gonna be a yeah, weird ball. no, 100% you know so um, so if people want to follow you or if they want to learn more information about Israel Collective and, and really more about everything around it, israel or maybe we're listening to some leaders that want to reach out and they maybe hopefully get chosen down the road once we're kind of out of all what we're going through in this pandemic how can they get more information how can they learn even more from you as far as the journey and the experience of israel
2: 100 percent. i would say step one is subscribe to our youtube channel again it's just israel collective maybe maybe watch some of the videos that have the most views because some of the some of the videos we have are just kind of you know, Zoom interviews that um, aren't necessarily as well uh, produced as some of our other ones. So just look at some of the, our, our videos that have you know, more views to kind of get your, get yourself started. Um, IsraelCollective.org, we, you know, we have our own Instagram channel, obviously, and we're, we're updating articles. But if you have questions, there's a contact page at the end of our website, IsraelCollective.org. Uh, just shoot us over a question or, or anything you might have. But yeah, I, I would say interacting with our YouTube channel. Um, and our Instagram page would be the, the way to go. Uh, if you want to have, you know, one-on-one conversations, uh, you know, A, you could just, hey, shoot us a, a message on, on Instagram, but also on our uh, on our webpage. But more importantly, just just bother Nohan and just and make sure that you just keep texting him and just play it. Um, <laughs> I'm well, like, yeah, for sure. I got you. I'm, <laughs>
0: I'm the middleman. All good, bro. <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah, that would that, be the way to go.
0: Awesome, man. Well, I just want to say, Uh, Thank you, Raj. Really, I I know, like, you know, in 30, 40 minutes, it was so much to try to unpack, but I think it was just uh, really important for me to be able to bring you on because I think for me, you were one of the people that really just impacted me. And really, what I appreciate about Israel Collective when we talk about the experience is that the conversation doesn't stop just at the site or at the temple, you know, or at the hill or on the boat, but really the beauty of Israel Collective. And I think the beauty that the gift that you have is just really storytelling and really creating more conversation. And how do we enrich it? And how do we really look at the context of God's word? And then when we see it and we smell the air and we feel the wind, Uh, It's just unreal. So I just want to say thank you, Raj. I want to say thank you to Israel Collective as a whole, you know, for really all the beauty and the work that you guys continually do uh, for young leaders and leaders in general, but also for artists and, you know, athletes that, you know, believe in God and they want to know what it is and be able to see. I I think one of the coolest first moments was when you said, guys does it feel like you guys are in san diego california i'm like yo for real like that's facts like i i was like okay this doesn't feel like israel you know i felt like i was literally in california but i just want to say thank you because i think your just your warmth and you know being authentic and just relational to each and every one of us on the on the trip that we were on particularly last year uh i will never forget and i really just want to say i appreciate you brother uh you know blessings take care uh, much love to the family and uh, yeah, man. I just want to say thank you so much for that, man.
2: Oh man, but, uh, I, I I receive all of that, man. I I I don't deserve those kind words, of and I and I love you, man. Any way I can help, uh, and, and more than importantly, you just need to come out of San Diego and we'll we'll have some we'll grill out and have a good time. But man, hey, I I love you. Give give my love to your family. Uh, you're a legend. Um, I'm cheering you on from San Diego, bro. I'm so proud of you.
0: Love it, man. I appreciate- What an amazing interview, and I just want to say thank you once again to Raj, also Israel Collective as a whole, for just an amazing opportunity to be able to have him on. And ladies and gentlemen, it does not stop there. We will have another guest representing Israel Collective, but more to come later next week. What I do want to end with is this quote. If your work doesn't inspire or innovate, then why are you here? Nelson Ferris, longtime storyteller, at Nike gave that quote one time, and it made me think of this interview, that as we understand our faith and we understand the journey, the question is, as Raj alluded to, is giving this journey and the experience. So my hope, as we close this show out, is to understand that we should have inspirational moments and also moments of innovation To be able to share your faith, to be able to share love to all communities, but more importantly, to always think, what can I do to be able to bring the story to life? Once again, we want to say thank you to each and every one of our listeners. We want to say thank you for supporting us through all of the different platforms, Spotify, iTunes. It's been so great to see that. And all we ask is subscribe give us a rating so we can continue to get better at what we do and we want to say thank you also to all of our listeners that's given us the feedback to be able to get ready for our next season so muchas gracias de parte de aquí de todo el Fío Pasion Podcast que Dios le bendiga we're out